Salute Nation. It's January 6, 2023, 4.35 a.m. on the East Coast. And it's currently 35 degrees out here this morning in New York. Episode 36. This episode, I got two news that I want to talk about before getting into the sports side of it all, which is going to be included with the preview of the final game for the Raiders of the two thousand of this season. Um, so before I get started with all that, let's get into some news. Well, <sighs> scary situation on Monday night. Uh, that that it, it was a normal hit. It's a normal football play. When Hamlin got up, it, everything looked normal. He looked fine, but then he went limp and just collapsed. Um, with CPR and obviously he, it, the news came out that he had a um, cardiac arrest. Um, and it was a scary situation. Uh, I remember watching that, and I, it was different. It felt so different. Um, I felt the same way somewhat as the players on the field. Like I said, I played, and I never, ever thought of that. I, I mean, it, it's a gladiator sport. So injuries are going to happen. I've seen ambulances come out on the field plenty of times. I mean, that's that's nothing new. But I never, ever, ever, ever recall from watching or playing somebody happen, having to have CPR done to them to, to uh, you know... <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to lie. I cried like I cried. I, I literally was in tears and all. I just it just it brought it back into a different perspective of 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 the game. It is just a game. It really is. Sure, we want our teams to do good. And I, I really didn't care after that moment. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the 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 support, not just for him himself, but the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals. It, it was just it it it, it was it, it brought it back. You know what I mean? It brought it back, and I think that's what I don't want to say that was needed, but it's good to be reminded that hey, guys, listen, we, we may like different teams but after you know when it's all said and done we're you know i mean we there's a common ground yeah i mean as much as i don't want your teams to win you know it's it brings it back in perspective especially within the nation that it's going on um it, it's you know due to problems but uh it brings it back and more into a, a perspective um, and it just, it's, you know, but good news, good news is after all that, and sure the game is, is canceled. 
so that game, you know, it's not going to be made up and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, with this final week of football, it's going to decide, you know, and considering that it's Bengals and Bear, uh, Bills that were involved as well in this discussion of who's the number one seed going into the for the playoffs for the AFC Chiefs, who we play um, Saturday. And then, you know, I believe Bills close it out with the Patriots, and I forgot who Cincinnati closes out with. But if they all three of them win, you know, they're not going to punish. So if the Bills have the number one seed and they end up meeting Kansas City in the, in the, or or vice versa, if it's Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC Championship, I, I believe from, I don't know. I, I'm confused by that whole thing anyway, so I'm not even going to bring it up. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish it of of the seedings and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just, it, it's confusing. But that's, you know, the good news is, is Hamill is alert. He's writing, he's moving his toes, his fingers. Everything's fine mentally as far as, you know, neurologically. Whatever that word is. I'm not a medical person, so I'm not even going to try to figure, you know, say that either. But everything looks good. Now, he, he's still going to have a long road into recovery, according to, you know, the medical team. But he's doing good. And he's, well, he's doing better, I should say. I don't want to say good. He's doing better. And the improvements just after Monday to now, that's great. You know, and of course, uh, I mean, this is one thing I love about humanity, regardless of hate groups that want to say all white people are devils or all black people are this way or all Puerto Ricans are this way and blah, 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 whatever, whatever it's the religious standpoint of, you know, the Hebrew Israelites or Judaism, Christianity, whatever, whatever all that is. Hate groups is what I call it. When you see humanity come together, how do people still have hatred? How can people still think that somebody is lower class or you're not chosen based solely on your beliefs when we're all working together as one? I didn't mean to bring that part into that part like that. But it has to be said. Right? You got the Hebrew Israelites that just hate everybody who's white and who's not an Israelite. You know, they believe that they're the chosen fucking people. Judaism, Jews believe that they're the chosen people. It's funny that both of their religions have the same type of idealism as far as you're guilty based solely on what your father done or your ancestors done. I find that to be fucking laughable. It's like, so why ask for, you know, why ask for forgiveness? (laughs) If I'm guilty because of that, I just, but, you know, all white people are evil or all black people are gangsters or, or whatever the stigma that people put on somebody else based solely on their you know religion or their their race 
You know what I mean? It's uh, sexuality, whatever. There were white people. There were black people. There were Puerto Ricans. There were whatever. Whatever. Sharing the same fucking fear and love for Hamlin and his family. How the fuck can you actually sit back and think that all are the same? As far as, you know what I mean, that are evil. I don't share that same philosophy in life. I don't. I'm not a religious person anyways. So I don't have that. I mean, this is not throwing shots at anybody who's religious, but I... I I just don't think in that in that mindset or that fear of. I believe there's a God, absolutely. I have faith that there's a God. But I don't have faith in the religions. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring it that point. <laughs> I have a bulletin points of what I want to talk about, and it leads always to something else. That's that's always good. But yeah, I mean the donations for his charitable event or charity, the Chasing M's Foundation. His goal was like two thousand and something. Talk about Hamlin. His goal. And it got over $7 million just from what happened. His jersey sales is tops, not just in football sales or NFL jersey sales, but in all his sports. And there's not that many Buffalo Bills fans. So there's obviously fans from other, uh, you know, other uh, teams, and they're not all black people who are selling buying them. They're not all Puerto Ricans who are selling buying them. White people are involved in this too. People, come on. That's why it's laughable. I, I'm gonna shut this down right now. Of that. All hate groups say the same fucking shit. They all have that same agenda, and their goal is what? And I'm going to tell you their goal. Hate group goals or agenda is to uplift who they're trying to uplift, at the same time poking fun and degrade those that are oppression, the oppressors. Those that are going against. There's no difference than what, you know, the the, the Europeans, and I'm going to call them as that, that's fine, did to those of slave, for, uh, with slavery. They put posters up of black people with big lips, degrading them as equal to monkeys or dumb people. Hitler. Did that to the Jews. Big ears, big nose, even some with big lips. Poking fun at them. Saying why we have to defeat them or else. 
no difference than what the KKK did to black people after the Civil War. Nothing's new under the sun. The Art of War is a great book. And no difference than what the other hate groups are doing. And currently, the Hebrew Israelites. All white people are Edomites. God hates them. We hate them. You know, most of the other races or uh, religions will feed somebody else, right? Not the Hebrew Israelites. Nope. It, it, it just, it's, it's mind-blowing of how people can get deeply involved into this whole nonsense. Now, some of you guys are probably listening to this going, how did this come from the Damar Hamlin situation, the uplifting of, you know, because it ties together of people together, humanity. Anybody that says that all black people are gangsters or thugs or in the prisons are lying. All Anybody that says all white people are the devils, are evil, are racist, they're lying. And that goes to any group. When shit happens, we all come together because that's what it's supposed to be. We are not supposed to have the boundaries. We're supposed to learn from each other. That's what it's all about. Not hate, but love. So that goes to the bottom line of, are you the problem or part of the problem? Or are you there for the solution? And I truly believe solution is love. I believe that when it comes to hatred. The best counter punch to hate is love. Unless you get hit with the hate, then <laughs> swing back. But don't do it with hate. So another news. So yeah, I, I covered... <laughs> I covered about the Hamlin, which is great news that he's doing okay or doing better than he was. And of course, I'm still praying that he will have full recovery. Him playing football again, I, I mean, I hope so, but if his it, it's about his health. That's what matters. Is his health. If he's healthy, then well, yeah, cool. But if he's not then he doesn't. 
we got to stop looking at these players as 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 just players. They're they're educators, they're teachers. Um, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know what I mean? They're, they're much more than just, they play football, they play baseball, they play basketball, they wrestle, they're, they just do MMA, they, they just do boxing, you know what I mean? It, they're just much more than that. Or they play hockey or whatever. Athletes are athletes, but they're much more than that. Their health matters as well. Not just mental health, but physical health. So moving on to another business. Vincent Kennedy McNugget, who I like. Well, his real name, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Who retired from the WWE in last year, summertime of last year. But still remains the controlling shareholder. Obviously, due to the sexual misconduct allegation, there's this article that I want to read about that. It's by Mike Copinger from ESPN.com. Title, Vince McMahon back at WWE ahead of media rights negotiations. Former WWE CEO Vince McMahon remains the controlling shareholder of the W uh, of the Ragusling organization. Plans to return to the company to fully capitalize on the upcoming media rights negotiation. He announced Thursday. McMahon, 77, retired over the summer following allegations of sexual misconduct that included non-disclosure agreement payments through McMahon use personal funds for the NDA payments. He failed to record those expenses, which totaled $16.6 million. That's right. 16.6, or sorry, $19.6 million, which is a lot of money for an NDA. After McMahon stepped away, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan, a longtime agent at CAA, assumed the roles of co-CEO. In his announcement, Vince McMahon said he is asking to be reinstated as executive chairman of the board of the publicly-traded company, along with chair seats for former WWE co-presidents Michelle Wilson and George Barrows. The move will require three existing members to vacate their board seats. The board previously rebuffed an attempt from McMahon to return to the company, but he retains the majority of the voting power. WWE is entering critical juncture in its history with the upcoming media rights negotiation, coinciding with increased industry-wide demand for quality content and live events and with more companies seeking for own intellectual property of their on their platform, McMahon said. He asked, my return will allow WWE as well as any transaction counterparties to engage 
in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder. WWE's rights deals with Fox and USA expired next year. Negotiations are expected to begin later in 2023. WWE posted its first billion-dollar revenue year in 2022. McMahon bought the company from his father, which was known as the WWWF at that time in 1982, and built then the then WWF into the premier wrestling company in the world. When McMahon stepped down, his son-in-law, WWE Hall of Famer Paul Triple H, I'm not, I can't say, love that, yeah, love that, replaced him as the person in charge and the creative direction of the company's TV storylines, which has been better than what Vince McMahon had been doing for the last five, six years. That's not an article, that's just me adding into it. WWE has an exceptional management team in place, McMahon said. And I do not intend for my return to end to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. Before McMahon delivered written consent of his plans to the board, he sent two letters to late this in December in which he expressed his the urgency of his return according to the press release i want to back it up where he says that wwe has an exception exceptional management team in place mcmahon said and i do not attend he does not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. Now, I'm not a fan of Vincent Kenny McMahon, even though I call him McMahon, and normally I say McNugget, for many reasons. Because I think he killed wrestling in the long run, as far as the territories, because I grew up in that era. And I love territories. Now, I'm not mad at him for making money. Hey, kudos. You know what I mean? But he's so stubborn that he will not work with other other promotions. He could really. Think about how great WrestleMania can be if you had the, you know, the inclusion of other promotions champion version and have the you know just bring it back to territory days have your champion have all the promotions have their champion wrestlemania could be big you could do that with other events and and i'm not just saying wwe the share in their events but also other wrestling promotions and that's one thing i think triple h who is a fan of the territory days could do the open doors, the you know, what I mean, the the, the it's it's big. There's so much money to be made if everybody just works together. Will we ever see that again? I doubt it, but hey, I can still hope. So. <sighs> Do 
by the way, that article's done, but again, you can read it on ESPN.com. My take on this whole article of him coming back is solely on the negotiations for TV deals. Now, there are many people who are assuming, and I am too, that he's also planning on selling. Many articles are talking about it as well. Many people are speculating that. So who who are the suitors? Who who could possibly buy WWE? Well, look at Disney, right? Disney definitely could. It's not the first time that Disney and WWE were rumored to be in works. Disney, think about if they don't. I mean, I don't know who owns NBC. No, NBC owns Peacock. And right now, that's where you can get the WWE Network is on Peacock. And that's where you can watch the pay-per-views on Peacock. That's another company that could buy WWE is NBC. I mean, hell, they're already got their works, you know, the platforms on the thing. You know I mean? They're, they're where you can watch it on the WWE Network. I think the biggest question is who owns Fox because now, you know, with SmackDown being on Fox and then USA is for Raw as well as NXT. Who owns USA? Will that impact if USA is not owned by NBC or or Disney? If Disney buys, who does that impact? Right? I mean, are you going to have Raw on <laughs> Raw or SmackDown on Disney channels? <laughs> I mean, how are you going to do that? I'm just asking questions. I, I don't know. I didn't do that much digging into it. All I know is I read that article and seen the uh, the speculate. Even I, I messaged my nephew and said, "Hey, yo, Vince is coming back and he's selling the WWE." I mean, let's face it; he's seventy-seven years old, right? So he's never going. to... I mean, then again, the devil will probably live forever. So, but he still has to be reinstated. And that's deciding of the shareholders as well. They they do make that call. But listen, if he comes back and it is just to negotiate the deals, to me it's like, well, why are you back then? Like, are you really don't trust uh Nick Khan or or Stephanie or Triple H to do that part? I mean, Stephanie McMahon knows this business. You know what I mean? So, and Nick Khan knows business. So you mean to tell me they can't negotiate TV deals for, with USA if you want to keep it on USA or or as well as Fox? You know what I mean? It's, I think Fox is owned by Disney. 
I mean, I, I, I'm not going to dig into it right now. I mean, if everyone who's listening that wants to say what it is, then that's cool. I appreciate it. So NBC, I mean, if I'm if 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 WWE is up for sale, Disney and NBC are obviously in the head seats. You know, I mean that those two are going to be battling out negotiations, and you know, I mean Vince is going to be a very rich, even richer, when he decides to sell. Here's another thing that could happen, right? Instead of selling. Give full control to your daughter and son, as well as son-in-law, and let Triple H control the creative side of it. I think that would be in great hands right there. I, I mean, the product is better without Vince being in it. It just is. Are there still stale moments? Sure. I mean, that's... I mean, you know what I mean? What can you do? So this is what I'm going to do, guys. I'm done with the news side of it all. Done blabbering about that part of it. So next up, I'm going to talk about some football. Nah, I'm just joking. Not yet. But it is the sports side of it all. I'm going to get a drink, come back, and talk about the Hoyas, the Irish, the Bulls, the Yankees, and end it off with the Raiders. The preview, Raiders and Chiefs. So you know the drill. Don't go away. I will be right back. And I'll hit you with a transition. See you in a little bit. That transition was called walking shoes. Thought it was fitting. So now we're in the sports side of it all. I'm going to lead off with the college side like I normally do, and I'm going to talk about the Hoyas. This team is terrible. And he sh- and it shows even more after what I predicted. I predicted the Hoyas will lose, and and they did. They lost to Villanova in another beatdown. Hoyas are now five and eleven, zero and five in the Big East, six game losing streak. Next up for the Hoyas, it's tomorrow, January 7th, a 2 p.m. Eastern start time against the 12 and 4, 4 and 1 in the Big East, Marquette Golden Eagles, who are coming into this game on a three game win streak. Marquette is 18 and 13 all time against the Hoyas. Last win for the Hoyas over Marquette was in March 10th in 2020-2021 season. 
prediction, Marquette will win. Breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to not have confidence in the Hoyas. It just does. Love the Hoyas. I go back from watching Hoyas when they had John Thompson as the head coach. Talk about the father, not the son. Even though the son did good for us. Patrick Ewan. Lonzo Morning. AI. Allen Iverson, by the way. Matumbo. Theo Harrington. Oh, man. It was, they had so many great players. Can't say that about the Hoyas now. It's been a while since somebody really good came out of Georgetown. And it's sad because normally you'll find quality players from Georgetown that went on to the NBA and had a long, successful career. Sad. It really is. It's not too many now. I don't know what the fuck is going on in that university or why they are neglecting their basketball. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I mean, I do. Patrick Ewing sucks as a head coach. Great player. Great Hoya. But sucks as a head coach. Sucks as a recruiter. Sucks as a motivator. Sucks as a teacher of the game. It just is. This is disturbing of what's been going on with the Hoyas. Sticking to the college side of it all. We're going to talk about some Irish. Notre Dame just got better in the quarterback position. Sam Hartman, senior. Came from the portal. Transferred from Wake Forest. And is now an Irish. In the ACC. 48 games, 944 completions, 1,597 attempts, which is a 59.1%, 12,967 total yards, 110 touchdowns, which is the leader of the ACC. 41 interceptions, rating of 144.9. Hartman and Gator Bowl MVP, sophomore slash junior. I think he's a sophomore now or junior, one of the two. Tyler Buckner will battle for that starting job coming up season. Great battle. Looking forward to that. Now, many people are going to believe that, and I do too, that Hartman will be the starting quarterback for the Irish. 
in his senior year. Which is weird because he had a freshman year, three sophomore years, <laughs> and last year was his junior year. I, I, college is sometimes confusing for me because you could be a red shirt and play like 100 years. <laughs> he's going to be 24 years old, so he's not a young man. You know what I mean? Especially if he's going into the pro. I, I You know what I mean? Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I really am. I'm looking forward to this battle for the starting quarterback job of the Irish. Irish did good under the first year of Freeman, nine and four, won that Gator Bowl. As I said, you know, uh, Tyler Buckner, who started the first two games of the year, got hurt where Irish was looking terrible. And then, you know, the, the name that I will not say who went on and did he he had a good year for us and then he went into the portal and now I forgot where he's at. Good trade off. I'll take that. I'll take I'll take Hartman over the guy that we just got rid of. Absolutely. And considering in the Gator Bowl, I mean that the, there was a struggle who is going to be the quarterback for that. Good news that you know that Buckner stepped up. Of course he's healthy. And he performed beautifully. He was excellent. MVP. MVP of the Gator Bowl. So that's going to be a great battle. And we got a good fucking class coming. I'm excited. Listen, I'm I'm a fan of Freeman already. Which is not hard considering Brian Kelly is a piece of shit. Even though LSU won. I believe LSU won their bowl game. I don't really give a fuck. Oh, yeah, they did. That's right. They beat the shit out of uh, I think it was Purdue, right? I believe so. I can't remember. But, yeah, I like Freeman. He's a young, good mindset, and it's your time, bro. It's your time. Now we go to the pros, and we're going to talk about the Bulls. You like how I did that? We're going to the pros. We're going to talk about the Bulls. Yeah, I know. I know. What the fuck are you doing, T? Well, I predicted the Bulls will get their revenge in the January 2nd game, which turned to be wrong prediction. As the Bulls fell to the Cavs for the second straight loss that occurred on December 31st as well as on January 2nd. Bulls lost in overtime in that game, 134-145. to 145. And before I go further with that, what the fuck happened to defense in the NBA? What the fuck happened? I remember, I mean, as a Bulls fan, my greatest era was obviously MJ, Pippen, Rodman, Horace Grant before. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the 90s were, of course, basketball was better back then, too. I love Kobe. You know, to me, MJ is the greatest of all time, and next to him is Kobe. But what happened to defense? I mean, you're seeing so many scores now of over 100. Over 100, and it's four quarters. I can understand it when it's overtime. Like this game being, you know, 134 to 145 in overtime. But 
you know what I mean? It's just it's 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 sickening. I get it. The league is all for offense. I get it. I get it. It's everywhere in sports. Offense matters. Offense matters. Offense matters more. For a defensive type of guy, defense matters. And that's why I loved back in the days. I loved the defense back in the days. I love when my team went up against the Knicks and the Patrick Ewings and all that and the bad boys of the Pistons. Any team now can't call yourself a bad team or bad boys. Can't. Can't. There's no defense anymore. Defense is a whoop. So picking up, but then bounce back of the Bulls, by the way, after the loss. They bounce back on the next game, which was January 4th, where they beat the Nets in Chicago 121 to 112. There it goes again with that. Where's the defense? Next game is tonight. January 6th. As the 17 and 21 Chicago Bulls travel to Philly to take on the 23 and 14 76ers. Predictions 76ers will win. Bulls suck on the road, and the 76ers are good at home. And I'm sticking with that. Now let's go on to the Yankees. I am excited about this front office right now. They made two huge moves to better their front office. Brian Saban returns to the Bronx. He used to be the, he was part of the Giants organization that won three titles. And he'll serve as the Yankees as an executive advisor to senior vice president and GM Cashman as of January 3rd, by the way. Sabian scouting helped shape the Yankees dynasties of the late 90s. And then he did that with San Fran. To help them win three. Yankees then added Omar Manea or Manaya. Used to be part of the Mets organization. He did good at scouting pitchers and developing the pitchers and such and such. You know, he's also been part of the Padres organization, the Rangers as a scout, uh, a few other teams. He'll serve as the senior advisor to baseball operations, which is key. With Saban and Manea, along with, you know, those two alone, they have about 70-plus years of baseball combined. And then you add that with the cashmen and, and the, the guys that are already in the front office. I, I, I'm liking it. I'm loving what they're doing in the front office. Loving it. Because here's another thing, too. If Brian Cash, obviously, he, he signed his extension, I believe. 
Um, yeah, I think it was another three or four years. But you have him, and then you have Saban that helped, you know, with the scouting side of it to, 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 to bring forth the Mariana Rivera's and, and the cats like that of those of the dynasties of the 90s. Listen, I, I, I love it. I love it. And then you have Manea, who has a great talent for pitching as well and, and players in general. I love it. I'm a fan of that. I, no, I'm serious. I'm a fan of the front office right now. I, I definitely am a fan of it. So now we go to the Raiders. Final game for the Raiders of this year. Six and ten, four and three at home, three and two in the division, two game losing streak. As they host the thirteen and three, six and two on the road, five and zero oh in the division, four game win streak within the of the Chiefs. Chiefs all time record against the Raiders are seventy one and fifty four and two. The rankings, listen. I'm going to go by the Chiefs first, offensively, then defense, and then I'll go to ours. The categories of offense are points a game, which the Chiefs are ranked number one in points per game at 29.1, and yards a game at 417.7. They rank second. In third down conversions at 48.37% and fourth down conversions at 75%. They're number third, three rank in the red zone at 68.66%. Rank number 21 in rushing yards a game at 112.6. And rank number one in passing yards in a game. At 305.1. Defensive side of that. Same categories. Rank number 20. In points allowed. The rank number 12. At yards a game. The rank number 7. On third down conversions. Rank number 25th. At fourth down conversions. They're dead last in the red zone on defense. They're ranked number ninth in rushing yards a game and ranked as, you know, against and ranked number 18th in passing yards against. Now we're going to go to the Raiders side. Offensively, I'm going to go first and then defense. Well, offense and then defense. Points a game. Offensively, they're ranked 12th. Defense are ranked 25th. Yards a game. Offense ranked number 11th. Defense ranked number 26. Third down. Offense ranked number 19th. Defense ranked number 23rd. Fourth down. Ranked number 5th. Ranked number 22 on defense. Red zone, ranked number 27 on offense and ranked number 28 on defense. 
rushing yards on offense, they're ranked number 16th. And on defense, they're ranked number 17th. Passing yards, they're ranked number four. And on defense, they're ranked number ninth. So now we're going to get to my predictions and keys to victory. In the last episode of episode 38.5, I predicted the Raiders' victory, and I'm sticking to it. I just am. I'm sticking to it. Stidham's second start. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what I saw. Now, before I talk about what the keys of victory is, I'm going to go a little plot. Like, offensive, Chiefs offense is clearly better, is better off than the two. Absolutely. But our offense just put up 34 points on the number one ranked defense. And Chiefs isn't a number one defense. So scoring for both should come in, or should both point, you know, high scoring points should come. In the last meeting, October, score was 29-30, which is 59 total points. It was a cheese victory. It was in KC. And in Vegas, a score above 59 combined could be, will be, should be. So here's the keys to victory. Win the trenches. Win the time of possessions. And capitalize on mistakes. Any team that does that will win this game. I'm definitely looking forward to the offseason, though. I really am. I do believe that Stidham is going to do good in this game. And all he has to do, I'm not saying that he has to win. Obviously, a win will be great. For many reasons. A, it's against the Queefs. Two, it stops the Chiefs to go undefeated in the division. And it helps us to go 4-2 and two in the division. And, of course, if we win, you know, we're 7-10. and 10. And we can prevent the Chiefs to have the number one uh, seeding in in the postseason. But winning is obviously the best thing. But what I'm looking forward and for from Stidham is to duplicate what you did against San Fran. Obviously, you know, take away the turnovers. 
But if he throws two touchdowns or three touchdowns and one pick or no picks, that's a win. If he goes 280 or 300 yards with the same thing, great. If he rushes for 34, 35 yards, great. Our offense, I mean, especially, I mean, again, putting up 34 points against no more ranked team or ranked defense is, is different. Now, I haven't checked the injury report, but the last time I checked, you know, JJ was questionable. Of course, you know, how often what on this year was he's questionable and he turned out to be, you know, then he turns out to play and he rushes for over 150 yards. <laughs> Listen, they, I mean, we, it, we can, we can score. We got a good offense, and we do. I, I agree with a lot of people in the media and all that that says that the Raiders have the pieces. They just don't have the depth, and we do. We got great key pieces. We have the number one receiver. We have the number one running back. When Waller, especially the last, you know, he's been playing the last three games, and, and how he looked against the 49ers was great. Renfro will be put in the mix. You got Mac 10 in the mix. This offense and the offensive line, I, I've been hard on them. I have. But they're in the middle of the pack ranked now. You know what I mean? They're totally, the offensive line, they're ranked in the middle of the pack, which is good. I mean, they're still top 10 in rushing offense as far as, you know, um, it, you know, it's just that they're, they're, they're okay. Passing, they're okay. But here's the thing. Um, the, the 49ers defense comes at you. They have the best front seven. So they're, they come at you. And we didn't give up any sacks. Of course, I mean, benefit goes to Stidham, who, you know, took off running. You know, seven to nine carries, over 34, 40 yards, someone's around there. No sacks. That's that's what he brings. I'm already over the car. I'm already over it. I just want, I support Stidham 100%. If he does great, great. You know what I mean? Because then he it can carry over, and hopefully it does carry over. Now I know there's reports that it's heavily, and it, it's from you know people that I trust of that do shows and all that. Um, as far as the media, I'm not talking about Raider content creators because they're only going to go with their opinion as well, and not all of them, if not any, <laughs> really do have their foot in. But if Brady comes, and I'm opening up to it because I my problem with Brady is not of um you know the tuck roll. I <laughs> I don't give two shits about the tuck roll. It sucked, but that's not him. That's the referees. Brady is the best quarterback of all time. And he's still putting up pretty good numbers. The stats don't lie. You know, he is going to the postseason. Granted, you know, the NFC uh, South is a terrible fucking conference or division, my bad. But he's still putting up numbers. 
You know what I mean? And that that Bucks team is not what it was the last two years. And he's still doing good. I'm still sticking with what I said, that Brady's not coming. Or Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. I'm sticking with that. But I also don't have any inside input either. So if he comes, he comes. But right now, Stidham is the quarterback. And I fully support that. Off-season moves, obviously. Besides re-signing JJ, got to pay this man. Got to pay him. You cannot let him walk to another team. You can't. It'll be stupid. It'll be foolish. And it will be career suicide on Dave Ziegler, Champ, and and, uh, McDumplings. Absolutely. So on the draft, defense, defense, defense. Get some DTs. We need the middle linebackers. Our secondary, we need help. Defense, defense, defense. And then in a free agency, you can get yourself some offense linemen. I know there's some people who are saying, well, move Miller to right tackle. But he doesn't play right tackle. I mean, he's having a down year for, you know, first time in like few years. Why would you move him off that? Let him, you know what I mean? Unless you get a Hall of Famer at the right tackle, at the left tackle, then keep him. Definitely need Lyman, though. You know, but if Stidham does good, keep Stidham as your starter. He knows the system. He knows the playbook. Let's see what he can do. He's young. Let's see. Let's see what he does. That's, that's the only thing we can do. It's the only thing we could do as a fan base. Hope. So uh, that concludes this episode. Episode 37 will, you know, (laughs) it will be the posts talking about the Chiefs and Raider game, a few other games, more in depth of the offseason. Whatever. So until episode 37, Salute Nation.